0: Welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt.
1: My name's Courtney.
0: We talk about the do do's and don't do's of personalized learning. And Courtney, we're at the end of the school year.
1: Oh my, yeah, Yeah, it honestly, it kind of snuck up on me a little bit. Last week I was like, ah, it's still May. Oh, it's early June. And this week I'm like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, all of a sudden it's all here. Yeah, And it's funny because I moved here to California last last year, right about this time. And I remember moving here and these all these signs in the driveway about, you know, I'm a proud graduate of this high school, Such this high school. I, high school, I see yeah. it everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. You know, it, it was the end of the school year. And of course those was went away over the summer. Some stayed until the fall, the signs, but you know, whatever. And now I started seeing them again. I'm like how did that happen because those were just up and they said 2020 and now it's 2021 we just blew through another ten month school year just like that
1: yeah it's done so it's, it's done
0: it's done and this year we're coming out of a year and a half of pandemic learning
1: yeah uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> news flash everybody yeah
0: exactly so slowly
1: I, some places more quickly than others what's yeah. what's the scene in California
0: in California it is uh, hopefully getting back to normal in the fall the the last few weeks some it depends where you are of course in Southern California uh, some places are sort of open I don't think there's really anybody that's been fully open for any amount of time. Yeah, Uh, And I know there's a lot of schools out there that went back and forth a lot between open and then shut down and open and shut down. It was just such a weirdo year. And our topic for today is something we usually do at the end of the year that I remember specifically doing this last year uh, about reflections of the Mm -hmm. year and and prepping for the next year. And if I'm remembering correctly, because again, as we were talking pre-pod listeners, uh, it seems like last June, when we talked about this, was approximately last week and 50 years ago.
1: I know, at the same time. At the same so time. So <laughs> far away, so close, <laughs> yet so far away.
0: <laughs> so I, I remember thinking about, okay, what is, has what is the last three months of school been like since basically every school shut down in the country? Right. Uh, it was in the middle of March last year. And by the time June rolled around, nobody had been in school or seen their teachers or anything for for about three months. So it was a different kind of reflection. And now it's kind of that whiplash feeling of you probably saw most of your kids at some point, but never all at the same time. And hopefully it looks like when we start school back up again in August and September, uh, most kids are gonna be able to go back full time.
1: Mm -hmm. Knock
0: on wood, of course, but it, it seems that way right now. Uh, yeah,
1: that's what we we honestly just today got the word here in Maine that um, there will be no social. I, I mean, provided nothing changes, provided right, we stay on the current trajectory of pandemic recovery, um, that there will be no social distancing requirements come the mm-hmm. fall, which means all Maine schools can have all learners in all the time. So there's that. Uh, that's good news.
0: Mm, That's very good news. Uh, I know there are a lot of places that I work with now that have been more or less fully in school for the last three to four weeks, maybe a couple of months, but uh, they're looking forward to having some sense of normalcy from the beginning next year. Yeah, yeah. And we thought it might be a nice time to reflect on, okay, for not just this past year, but for the year and a half of things completely being different, for schools what does that mean for when we come back what are what are the some some of the things right. that we've learned that we might want to change about ourselves in the classroom our our schools our districts our system in general so uh i thought this so i
1: think i think something so i'm thinking so last night i was with a group of coaches kind of our last session of a bunch of um events that were part of like a year-end professional learning community type thing and um One of that, we were talking a lot about flexible grouping Mm -hmm. and how kind of different ways to set that up, kind of what the ideal conditions are, how a coach might walk a teacher towards and through setting up flexible groups. And when we started looking at like example schedules of what a week might look like with different ways of doing flexible grouping, um, one of the comments that came out of the group was that, they feel like after this year that this, like an idea of any kind of schedule that isn't a normal, quote unquote normal, like, you know, 60 minute or 45 minute class schedule won't phase them. That, you know, a year before pandemic learning, talking about flexible grouping, possibly crossing teachers or crossing grade Mm -hmm. levels felt like, Oh man, (laughs) like I really got to ease people into that conversation. Mm -hmm. But now a lot of the coaches were feeling like, no, yeah, this will not be a difficult conversation to have. So I think that, you know, one big thing that has happened um, that we have been forced to think and act more creatively with time and schedules and in how we meet the needs of learners. Um, so I think that that can easily translate into the fall and into next year, as long as leaders in are intentional about it and don't let it go.
0: Right. I I think that's a, that's probably the key point there. Cause at first I wasn't sure where you're going, Were were they like (laughs) wanting to revert back to the way it used to be. And this is, this is extremely encouraging, obviously, uh, I remember one of our reflections for the end of last year uh, that I remember somebody from our from our child pod said was that these three months <laughs> that we've had-
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> shout out to Maine Education Matters, our child pod. Uh, they were saying that it was amazing that teachers learned how to do Zoom meetings mm-hmm. with multiple kids how to teach virtually mm-hmm. from their homes in a couple of weeks. They learned how to do this, went through some, some hard trying to figure stuff out and got really tech savvy. Even the people who would barely know how to turn their computer on were now teaching virtually from home right. with their kids. And obviously some of that has extended this year with, with a lot more even now that we've had a full school year of, of weirdness. Uh, I think that shows the resiliency of teachers. And if they are forced to do something that is not their fault, right? Nobody wanted the pandemic to happen. Obviously that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever said this morning. And I think think teachers can do anything if they really want to. So as you just said about flexible grouping, it's not gonna phase them. Co-teaching. I don't think it's going to phase them. Uh, Maybe moving towards more of a standards based environment, I don't think it's going to phase them as much as things might have a year or so ago. And I'm really encouraged by that. And the caveat is always what you just said as long as the leaders are supporting that and being okay with that, um, because there's a lot more uncertainty when we talk about some of these things that we're not used to. And uncertain right. uncertainty for people usually scares the hell out of them. Yeah. You know, you want to have a routine. You want to know what you're doing. And I think the last year and a half has shown, it's okay if we don't,
1: because okay we, we don't. figure it
0: out. We figure yeah. it out. We're between us and the kids. We're all smart people. And we can right. figure out what makes it work for all of us. And I think that's encouraging Yet, I'm not sure if some of that gets out all the time from what I see from teacher talk on like Twitter, which I know is mm. a terrible, terrible, terrible way to think about things. Mm. So what do you think about that?
1: So the the couple things that really stood out to me, kind of like what you said about how like this idea of going to standards might not feel so crazy. Like I, I think that, right, because everything got so like, picked up and shaken around Mm. that like, there really isn't anything that's off the table right now. Agreed. Like you really can bring almost anything to the table to talk about. Um, And in particular, I think attendance. So like, I think that this, this is how this is connecting to standards, Mm -hmm. right? The whole idea that, um, so what are some of the tenets of learner-centered philosophy, right? That learning happens anytime, anywhere, Mm -hmm. that, uh, learners learn at their own pace um, and that uh, you know, learning is kind of um, codified, if you will, like by using a set of targets and evidence. Mm-hmm. We've had to do that because attendance didn't mean anything. It didn't <laughs> like, mean anything anything anymore and a lot of people really had to wrestle kind of with the you know that suddenly more kids aren't showing up but are still getting their work done and still you know succeeding or lots of lots of other scenarios right that could not be easily checked off or logged or whatever for how we how traditionally um a lot of schools and teachers have held on to um, quantifying learning. Yeah, I mean, but it's the same. We're going to come back to the same little caveat of as long as the leaders don't let the opportunity close, right? Mm-hmm. Like as long as the as long as school and district leadership is strong, and holds on to those things. You might not mm-hmm. necessarily have to implement them all right away, but at least hold them somewhere. You know, capture the seeds, capture the things that have started to happen and publicly say like, yep, we we were onto something when we started to think differently about attendance and measuring learning. Like, we're not giving up on that. We're not gonna go full bore, you know, evidence only portfolios and, you know, you come to school whenever you want. But
0: like, right,
1: we're going to take steps towards this. We're going to explore this more. You know what I think it is, is I, I think that, I hope that districts identify those like little pinpoints, right, those cracks that they are interested in exploring more and then prioritize which cracks they want to explore and then start Um, defining them, right? Mm -hmm. What's the vision? Okay. If you want to talk about attendance and what attendance means, what it is, what it's measuring and what we think of that and what we might want to do instead, do it. Mm -hmm. Take the year to think through that and explore it. Um, And then, you know, have the list and kind of track them. Maybe you have a couple going at one time, but I, I think that Yeah. I I think of that um, commercial. I know some leaders have shown a lot with the people on the elevator um, escalator, sorry. And Mm -hmm. the escalator stops, right. And they stand there as if they're trapped in an elevator. And it's, it's, I I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, look, move forward. Mm -hmm. Don't hit reverse. Don't hit pause, move forward. It can be slow, but move forward.
0: Well, like, I like how you said that, really nothing is off the table because we've, everybody's done so much weird stuff, but that does not mean you have to change everything you've ever done to a completely different Mm. way to accommodate. There needs to be some acclimation and some time. You have to take some time, but I like, I like how you said about those, those cracks and exploring those cracks to see how we can improve the system over time now hopefully that we'll have some time to think about these things without the stress of the pandemic hanging over our heads so i think i think that's a great way to think about the future of what we're doing in all of these schools and districts yeah i think that's a great way to uh to hold for right there
1: okay all right thoughtful yeah
0: do you have a story to tell
1: Oh, <laughs> I do. Okay. Of course. That was a weird prompt, but of course I have a story to tell. So <laughs> early on, we interviewed a fantastic educator named Matt Lunt, and we've brought him back a couple times, I think. And maybe maybe it's time we bring him back again. But earlier this year, after an episode where where I went on about argument. He uh, he got in touch with me, and like we kind of had a little. We talked a little bit about argument. Like he kind of wanted to like get back into that. He remembered the um, the logic fallacies poster I shared about. I shared that with him again, and kind of we we talked through kind of like what he could do. So anyway, so he recently had his sixth graders do like an end of year reflection, right? Kind of like what what were some of the most important things you did this year? Like at the stand, you know, you know what he did. Sure. Oh, he takes he sends me he sends me a quote from one of his one of his learners said that um, the most valuable thing he learned this year was all of that logic fallacy stuff that that's it most useful and you know by far the most useful and important thing he's learned nice. um, so all year and I was like yes and then uh Mr. Lunt was telling me about <laughs> having also caught this young person in um like in a side chat in one of their classes I don't know I don't know the format of how it was happening but caught in like a typed side chat him saying to one of his buddies dude don't straw man and I was like oh
0: (laughs) 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 that's so good
1: (laughs) so good nice sixth graders so good sixth graders awesome so I'm like so you know what like one day that kid is gonna be like a serious takes no bullshit reporter who's gonna call mm-hmm. like politicians on <laughs> their rhetoric and is gonna get an award. And that kid is going to talk about learning the logic fallacies in Mr. Mon's sixth grade class. And it just- uh, I love it. I know it, was, it made me so happy. It's that is so, so good.
0: good. <laughs> I think that's a great place to stop for today and for this school year.
1: Don't straw man.
0: That don't straw man. Yeah, we've got a <laughs> title, obviously. Uh I think I think we're Courtney and I are gonna take uh most of the summer off. Yeah. Like from weekly parts, but we'll still we'll still be putting out some episodes uh here and there. Yeah, uh, we'll do something. But we'll probably be back full time with our weekly pod somewhere around late August or so. So we'll we still yeah, have some do it yeah we still have some things in the can so we'll still be out there and we'll get together once in a while and uh and uh do some of these pods uh if there's anything you want us to talk to about over the summer let us know uh but otherwise uh we will talk to you again in about oh my god it's only like eight or nine weeks before we come back yeah. <laughs> have a great summer will everybody you say it that
1: way that...
0: <laughs> i know what happened to the like the three months of summer that i was promised when i was like eight years old
1: never had it you didn't even get it then
0: no it just the days seemed longer because i was like eight yeah <laughs> you know now the days fly now that i'm not eight
1: not eight <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know all right everybody uh have a great summer and we'll talk to you in august I just know.
1: It matter No.